This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from ClickOrlando.com, this is News 6 at 5.30. This is a News 6 Plus takeover. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. It has been quite a week, and once we do some of these headlines, you're going to recognize, whoo, did all that happen this week? I'm Ginger Gadsden. Yeah, so glad you're with us. I don't know how to put this delicately, but <laughs> we're all going to die. Oh, all stop right. it. Let me... You're so dramatic. <laughs> I mean, eventually, we are all going to die. Everyone, yes. But it's not going to be from this, but we've been hearing a lot about this uh, all over the place, how this giant gob of seaweed is about to take over florida and i got to show you a map <laughs> that they've been showing Let me, look at this this looks like if the zombie apocalypse were coming from the ocean can you oh see all God. the ah it's just closing in on us we're all going to be strangled by the seaweed now look i'm going to tell you i hate seaweed as much as the next guy when i get into the ocean Ooh. and one of those things just brushes my calf i get out of there because i think it's a shark every time it's terrifying. And the stuff smells. And there's been another problem, Ginger. Some people have decided, oh, I know what to do with all this seaweed, especially kids. Let's just put it in a pit and burn it. Well, guess what? Seaweed's toxic. So if you, oh. <laughs> if you want the black wow. lung, you can go ahead we and do are, something dumb like that. that. I'm sorry. I stand corrected. We're gonna yeah, I told you. I told you. We're all in serious trouble when it comes to this stuff that is called is this thing? SAR gasum well can you not so at first we were told it was the largest one ever it was humongous yeah. i don't think they have very good tactics for checking this well, out they said but it was wider than the u.s look look like at the size of it miles. compared to south america <laughs> i mean it's like the amazon forest is headed right for us okay moving on to our next headline this story uh you know that sargasm is creeping to the coast we have a story about a guy who was creeping in someone's home. Imagine you are in your home, sound asleep, just maybe sawing some wood, snoring perhaps. In the middle of the night, someone broke into this family's home and the homeowner said he had no clue, no clue, look at him looking in the refrigerator until he watched the video you're seeing right now. So this guy, oh, those creepy eyes on the <laughs> The glowing eyes really <laughs> sell like this one. demonic force. He had no, his whole family's inside Wait, is the that house. a we gun think, he's no, carrying around? I, that, it looks like a weapon to me. Uh, yeah, um, I'd a say. A big one, a big one. But this family was sound asleep inside their home. No idea. This guy stole, well, I, I'm going to let the dad in the house explain a little bit of what happened. And then I see some, some man opening the sliding glass door, walking in, and, you know, my stomach just went right into my throat. I, I could not believe what I was seeing. I was like, oh my God, like someone was in here last night to realize that 
he had taken the phone and the charger off of my son's nightstand, which means that he was standing right next to him. Um, he took other stuff from his room, took stuff from under his bed. He took a, a can of New England clam chowder, um, and he took some potato salad from the refrigerator. I mean, how's the guy supposed to resist some good old clam chowder, huh? Looking Easily. through the fridge. Uh, I, I seriously, when you think about this, can you imagine? No. You have no idea this guy is just creeping around your house. And the crazy thing, Matt, this guy, he, he was in this guy's house. He went to a neighbor's house. The neighbor shooed him away. He came back to this guy's house and took some more stuff. So yeah, he, he was felt, gone for like 45 minutes. Yes. Somebody noticed him, and then he came back. He's like, well, this place is pretty safe for me to walk around in in the middle of the night. The good thing is this guy is off the streets. Um, this happened in Seminole County, uh, Florida. He's off the streets now. But can you imagine, Matt, what would you have done? Because the, the dad was saying, I don't know what I would have done or what would have happened if my son woke up and this guy was standing over his bed. Have you ever had that that thought of what you would do? if you just woke up and somebody was standing there staring at you. I, I do now. I, I, I don't think, now. I, I don't know if I would sleep again. I don't know if it would happen. Oh, cause you would just I'm see glad. that every dream you ever have for the rest of your life is that guy that's, standing. That's a nightmare. That's not a dream. That's a nightmare. You want to talk about Crazy. another nightmare. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about if you were like a politician and you said, what's a bill I could pass that would keep people from ever voting for me again. <laughs> <laughs> it would be let's have school year round so this florida state rep has proposed that we do year-round school now it's a pilot program that different districts can apply for it would basically it would basically come in, instead of your regular year with no summer this person says we were put behind because of COVID and we need to catch up. And you know what? Screw these kids. They don't need summer. <laughs> Forget these teachers. They don't need summer. And you know, parents who work struggle so hard in the summertime to figure out how to have childcare, especially in the uh, homes where two parents work. They can barely yes. get by for that, you know, seven, eight weeks. But then, but then you plan your summer vacations. You may take a couple of weeks if you're lucky enough to do that. When are you going to have that time again? When does that happen? It's, it's a great question. There are still a lot of questions in this. The bill sponsor's name is Patricia Williams. She's a Democrat from Pompano Beach. And if you know anything about Florida politics, uh, if a Democrat puts something happen. up, this is never yeah. going to happen. But she said the benefits of a year-round schedule include the potential to help students rebound from those disruptions from the coronavirus. She also says yeah. crime increases. This is the other side I'm throwing out. She says crime does increase in the summertime, which is true. That's true. From all the juvenile arrests, they've got stuff. They're busy. They get the brain fog from not being in school. So she, yeah. she does have some reasoning behind that, but you're not going to find a home for this in Florida. There's not going to no. be anybody excited about it. I, I mean, I don't know anyone who's done year-round school or anyone who is excited about it. And I can't imagine doing that myself as a kid because you just look forward to that. That last day of school feeling will never happen again until you graduate from high school. <laughs> what do you do? Just leave your junior year and the next day you come back and you're I'm Tomorrow. sure there are a couple of weeks in between where there's a break. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not interested in finding out. No, I'm not either. Yeah. And hey, before we let you go, let's just talk real quick, Gigi. Okay. 
about this rocket? This it. is it pretty amazing. Woo-woo! America! This is the first time ever that we've been able to put a 3D-printed rocket up in the air. Now, I say up in the air very carefully because it was able to launch. It looked nice, had a good blue flame. It is not yeah. able to make it up into orbit. It got up into orbit, and I was anchoring this GG, and we saw like that back engine was just kind of like you knew flickering. Was yeah. You could tell yeah. it kind of looks like your grill Hunter. when it won't start. <laughs> so, yeah, but you can't <laughs> you can't restart it up there. <laughs> no, no, you can't. You can't. You can't just trade out the uh, AAA batteries. Up lighter. There. So they're working it, on it, and it was still a good achievement. First 3D printed rocket. No, and they said that that was a success, even though it didn't do all of the stages. It went up to the second stage, and they learned a lot from from that. And you know, Elon Musk will tell you, you learn a lot sometimes more from your failures than you do your successes. Right. And Elon Musk says, getting into orbit is hard. <laughs> getting into space really is very hard. You know what else is hard? What is going on over in Ukraine? Coming up after the break, we're going to talk to a UCF student who's making a big difference in a place you might not expect, the war in Ukraine. Stick with us. You'll meet her after the break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hey, welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate, everyone. I'm Ginger Gadsden. And, you know, very often in the news, we have to talk about things that are uh, pretty difficult. And one of those things we've talked about for the past year is the war in Ukraine. And you see the images coming out of there and you are just heartbroken. Well, we have someone today, Matt, who has seen those images and has lived it firsthand. Yeah, it feels like something that's so far away. And that's, you see it on the news, but it doesn't really relate to you. Well, today we have a UCF student, really a virtual UCF student who has been in Kiev for most of this. And she happened to just come back a couple of weeks ago. She has a family in Lake Nona and she is here doing some, some of the good work where she's trying to uh, help out Ukraine in any way she can uh, when she's not in Kiev, which must have, I have so many questions about just getting from there to here and how all of this works. So first off, Mia Willard, uh, who has a job, in, she's working in Ukraine while also doing virtual school for UCF. Welcome to Florida's Fourth Estate. We're so glad to have you on. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's our pleasure. So, so can you just kind of guide us through, first off, how all this started for you? Because you were in Kiev when the war and the bombing started. I can't imagine what that must have been like. If I'm being entirely honest, I was one of those people who didn't believe that the full-scale invasion was going to happen. But it was all over the news on the night of the 24th that it's very likely. So I stayed up uh, with my sister, waiting until about 4 a.m. if anything's going to happen or not going to happen. And um, at 4 a.m., nothing happened. We just went to bed. And then a good friend of mine, actually from here from Florida, 
calls me at like 4.57 and two minutes later, I hear this explosion starting. A Russian jet was shut down right above my house. And it was really crazy from there. Oh my goodness. I, I can't even imagine. So someone from Florida is actually calling you to tell you that, yeah, there's an invasion happening as you're hearing the invasion actually happen. What are those days and nights like, Mia? Because, you know, you hear for us, if I can't sleep during a thunderstorm. Did you have to sleep when there was bombing and gunfire and just fighting all around you? How was that? The first uh, week was very surreal. So we had actually on the second night of the war, the Russian jet being shut down right above my house. And that was the first time we did decide to go, my family and I, to the shelter. And the next week, we pretty much slept the night in a basement on a concrete floor. We went out in the morning to grab some food, go back to the apartments, but especially during the nights, um, all the shelling was especially intense, especially with all the reports daily coming in that Kiev is likely to fall this night. And uh, while Ukraine did remain optimistic in the Ukrainian media, I'm also an American citizen and I read American press. And every day I was just there in the basement hearing or reading that this is the night the key falls. This is the night Kiev falls. I can't imagine what that was like in the moment because, yeah, everybody really gave Ukraine a few days. That's what people expected uh, for you guys to be able to fight them off for maybe days and then you would have to succumb to the Russian forces. But that is not the way it played out at all. In fact, I know it was a war zone for a while in Kiev where you were, but now I'm curious, what is life like? You just got back here a few weeks ago. Explain to us what life is like in Kyiv. Is there power? Is there communication? Like, how how is it? So, interestingly enough, while I was in Kyiv, we did have power outages pretty much every day. I didn't have electricity for anywhere from 8 to 12 or 14 hours during the day. And uh, then there were some days after specific uh, attacks that we didn't have electricity for two days in a row. But uh, I was here for about two weeks. And in that two weeks, I was told there hasn't been a single shutdown or a blackout in Kiev. And the Ukrainian energy system has now more or less adjusted to deal with the situation. And uh, the air defense systems that are kindly supplied by the West have really helped in that regard, because we don't get as much damage to our critical infrastructure anymore. As far as your opinion goes, how how is this whole thing going? Where is the momentum? Is it with Ukraine or is it with Russia right now? I would say that Ukraine definitely has an advantage, but at the same time, the situation is really complicated. And right now there's very much a stalemate and it's a question if we get Western weapons enough and on time to launch an offensive before Russia gathers enough mobilized conscripts and their resources to do the same against us. But I would say that um, no one expected Ukraine to last obviously that long. And we did recapture several whole regions. And I've been to these places. I'm actually a regular in the Donbass, in the deoccupied territories, and I go there with humanitarian aid a lot. 
And from what I've heard from Kharkiv Oblast and from other places, the Russians did flee those areas. So now it's a question of us gathering the resources to liberate the rest of Ukraine. I mean, just listening to you, you're incredibly brave because you are there while all this is happening and you're not sort of hiding out. You are going out and you're helping people and that was your goal. Tell me a little bit more about how you are helping the communities there. What are you doing? Well, I decided against evacuating very early on unless I absolutely had to and had no other choice. Um, so it started out in Kiev when I was just looking who would need maybe medical supplies that I could help gather or anything else during the very first days when we were not even able to go from one bank of Kiev, Kiev is divided into two banks, uh, to the other one. Uh, then Kyiv region was liberated and I came to Bucha, Irpin Hastomil, that areas when they were first liberated. I was there with the first volunteers when I practically still saw Russian dead soldiers out on the streets. And um, that was a crazy experience and we brought some humanitarian aid to the locals. And I guess that's when I made the decision to continue doing humanitarian aid work as the territories get deoccupied. And just recently, right before I came to the United States, I've been to Bakhmut. If you've heard about it, that's currently the hottest spot, uh, the hottest war zone in Ukraine right now. I'm curious, do you have concerns? Because I noticed the rhetoric in America, especially between politicians, some are starting to say, hey, this is a lot of money. This is not our fight. Maybe we should just stop giving the aid to Ukraine or slow it down. I'm curious when you hear that, what do you think? I mean, it's been a lifeblood for you guys, right? The weapons from America? Yes, exactly. And to the politicians who reference the so-called blind paycheck, what I would like to say is that, so when Hitler first invaded Czechoslovakia, you know, uh, if the whole community, the Western community decided to act swiftly and stop him before that World War II started in terms of all other territories, so much of it could have been avoided. And Ukraine right now is fighting for the democracy so that the West, so that the NATO countries and the US wouldn't have to. It may seem really far away, but Russia does have imperial uh, ambitions. And it's no secret if you even read their media that they, if they got Ukraine, it's very unlikely that they would stop with Ukraine. It's the same uh, thinking as someone thought, oh, they captured Crimea in 2014 and some territories in the Donbass and they'll stop. But no, it's never the case. Yeah, I, that's a really good history lesson and a great reminder for those who have forgotten what, you know, what, what led to, to World War II. So uh, my question for you now is, have you known anyone or lost anyone in this war? Actually, yes, as just as I got to the United States, I received news that a good friend of mine was killed. He was a soldier and unfortunately he died um, protecting our country in the Donbass. That was a terrible loss for everyone. It's one of the sweetest guys you'd imagine. Mm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, you are a profiling courage and I'm glad that you are doing the work 
that you are doing. When you see, uh, you know, President Biden was there not long ago with uh, President Vladimir Zelensky. When you see that sort of solidarity, does that give you hope? It does give me hope and encouragement. I and I think President Biden gave a very strong message that th we will not that the U.S. will not stop supporting Ukraine, even if it lasts for another, let's say, year or two years. No one really knows, and that the U.S. is with Ukraine and understands how important this fight is for the democracy in the world. Mia Willard, thank you so much for coming on our show, and, uh, and and we wish you the best of luck as you travel to and from there. Please stay safe when you go back. It sounds like you're going to some dangerous places, but uh, we hope you're safe there, and we thank you for coming on our show and sharing your perspective. Thank you. Thank you, Mia. And thank you for watching Florida's Fourth Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6+. Plus.